Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Welcome to the Osher Ginsberg Podcast. G'day, I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thank you so much for being here. This is a weekly show uh, that I do, and this is episode 76 with the wonderful, the charming, the delightful, the very funny Laura Miller. She's on Instagram at I am Laura Miller. I am Laura Miller. Go find her there. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. I make this show every single week. I just like to try and talk to people who get paid to do what they love to do. Interesting people, people who've overcome some interesting challenges. I just like to have good conversations. I'd like you to be a part of it. And you are in your thousands and it's wonderful. So thank you so much for being here. If you'd like this episode to magically appear in your telephone or inbox each and every week, just subscribe to it in iTunes or the podcast aggregator of your choice. If you're on Android, I use Pocket Casts on my Galaxy. It's Ace. One thing I would ask for you to do this week is simply tell a friend about the show. That's the best thing you can do for me. Tell someone about the show or uh, send out a tweet if it's for you. I would ask that you rate and review the show on iTunes. It's a total hassle the way they make you do it, but you've got to go into the iTunes store. and blah, 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 blah. But if you can be bothered, that'd be ace if you could do that for me. I hope your week was good. I, I, I had a tough week, guys. First time in a long time. First time in a long time. I, I had a panic attack in a meeting and I haven't had that in a long time. It was a one-on-one. It was a business call. I was on the phone and it happened at the start of the meeting and I just froze, man. I, it's really tough. That hasn't happened in a long, long, long time. And it's, I couldn't get off the call. We had to keep talking. It was a very important call. We were dealing with some heavy stuff and um, I just froze up. My brain just, I couldn't speak. And he's like, are you okay? And I just had to explain to him. I just happened to say, listen, listen this is what's happening. I, um, I had a panic reaction earlier on and my brain's flooded with chemicals right now. I, I know that what I was panicking about is gone, but 
this is going to take like 10 minutes to go away. <laughs> and uh, he was okay. He was appreciative that, you know, that I explained it to him. But yeah, man, that, that's the first for me. That was weird. It was weird. Especially since I work with the guy, you know, and uh, he's never experienced that of me before. So, you know, but, you know, he then by the end of the call, I was good as gold and we did some work together on a, on a screen share and it was all good. But, um, yeah, man, I was one of the many interesting things that, uh, that I get to live with. It makes life exciting, doesn't it? <laughs> it makes life exciting. And goodness, you get to know people very well. You say, like, hey, oh, by the way, this is why this is happening. Hello, you didn't expect to know that about me. Now you do. Anyway, now we know each other just a little bit better. So that's what happened. On, on a completely lighter note, I had a lot of fun at the Astros last night. The uh, This is a Friday. What day of the week is this? Is this Friday? Yeah, this is Friday. The Astro Awards, the Australian subscription uh, television, radio and television awards, uh, was last night. 20 years of the Astros. So it's like what Foxtel and back in the olden days, Optus Vision and Galaxy and stuff like that. So 20 years of subscription television in Australia. And we celebrated that. And it was really, really good. I, I um, got up on stage and I was very lucky. They asked myself and James Matheson to present the music uh, award for the best uh, music production. And that was an absolute dream because I, I love James Matheson like a brother. He is an incredible human being. And I wish, I wish that you could know him like I know him. He is the most wonderful man. And he is so funny. He wrote the best, best gag for us. And uh, if you ever see me ever be funny when the two of us are together, it's because he's told me the joke to say. So just know that for the truth. He's an amazing man and I love him to bits. And it was a really great night. And then afterwards, I, uh, I saw one guy that I wanted to speak to and I dropped a smoke bomb and vanished. And that was great. Uh, one thing that was awesome is there was uh, an industry recognition awards. You know how at the Oscars and the and the Logie, and the Logies and the TV when the Emmys and stuff they give out a, an industry you know achievement or a lifetime achievement award. They gave an award to a man by the name of Brian Walsh, who is Mr. Television. He is Mr. Television. There would be no subscription television in Australia without him. And uh, what's really wonderful about this guy is he has personally overseen and nurtured and mentored that many including mine television careers it's not even funny there is thousands of people that have jobs in tv right now because of this guy and he had a very very well deserved award given to him and it was uh it was really nice to see him celebrated like that i don't think we we all needed uh a champion as has been said on this show we all need a champion in this in this world we all need someone that is championing 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 us and we also all need a yoda we also need someone who's super wise and can give us those um those wisdoms that we need at those crucial moments in our life and um he's been both of them to me he was super cool when we uh, did live to dance over in uh, in america at cbs television city he got to come and he came and he sat in the studio and it was so great to have him there because, you know, I started at Foxtel on the wharf in Piermont, which is now apartments. And, you know, we were in this little studio making three hours of request TV on a cable channel and he would come into the studio and visit and he's like, and look at us now. And it was a really wonderful moment to share that with him and, and watching him receive this award last night was really great. I, I, I'm telling you, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because there's a lot of people that make TV and music and radio that you'll never see or hear unless you're a part of the industry. And I think it's super important to recognize that everything we do is a collective effort. 
everything we do is a collective effort and um the stronger the team the stronger the individual and that's it's true in that industry it's true in any industry as far as i'm concerned so yeah it was a really really nice night and i was um home having dinner by uh by nine which was ace <laughs> so my guest let me tell you about my guest she is fantastic we uh we know each other through a mutual friend who said you've got to get this girl on your show and uh through a few emails and uh, a couple of uh direct messages on instagram we we made it happen she's laura miller she is an instagram superstar i am laura miller i am l-a-u-r-a-m-i-l-l-e-r she is wonderfully funny she is very smart she's a complete ninja in the kitchen her enormously successful show raw vegan not gross is now in its third season on youtube on the taste made channel she's lovely she's charming she's hilarious uh, we talk a lot about you know motion in towards veganism and the cult of food movements which can often happen and be a little you know we talk about that because I, I have very strong feelings about it too about how some people are like oh no you can't be vegan with us because you have leather shoes, so you're not as vegan as me. Uh, you know, we talk about that. We talk about uh, dogmatic raw food eaters, and we do spend about 20 minutes talking about anxiety, which is, uh, you know, something I think we should all talk about. If it happens, we should talk about it. We should let it know. We should let people know. You know, if I had, if I was having a diabetic coma in the middle of a business meeting, I'd say, "Hey, everyone, I'm having a diabetic coma. I just need to have a can of Coke." Um, so, you know, I don't see it as any different. I just say, hey, this is happening to my brain right now. I'm just going to need a moment. And so anyway, we have a great conversation. And then uh, noisily, I have a lot of a lot of chutzpah because I, I fed this complete god of vegan cooking um, some uh, raw vegan Rocky Road that I'd made. And um, we noisily eat chocolate. So at the end, there's some noisy chocolate eating. I'm going to warn you about that right now. So uh, do let her know that you saw her, uh, heard her on the show uh, just let her know on her instagram account i am laura miller but um come to venice beach enjoy a cup of tea with me and the delightful san franciscan laura miller um i would run as a part of my um just get up in the morning and just go running to wash all that shit off mm-hmm. now, now i ride it's great i when I lived in Colorado, got into triathlons, and but I didn't have any friends that were cycling at the time, so I just had to like kind of teach myself how to do it. Like super scared girl going into the bike shop where all the cool guys are and being like, "I just want to buy a bike and get it fitted," and just like figured out places to ride my bike and got flat tires and had to figure it out. You know, it was. I dreamt I got a flat last night. Whoa. Mm. We should get a book and see what that means. Dream, dream book. Dreams of flat tires. It probably has something to do with. I don't know. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Just pull that a little closer to you. A little closer. A little closer. 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 There we go. That's great. Um, so how are you? Oh, are we started? We started. God, I'm great. <laughs> are you good? Uh huh. Yeah. Little, I'm a little nervous. Why? Mm. I've just never done. A podcast. Before. It's easy. Okay. I just we just talk, okay. and then um, when we're done talking, I'll take your photo, and then we'll upload it, and people will go, "Hey, that was a really good conversation." Okay. We just have a conversation, <laughs> which is what I really like about doing this show because we just have a conversation. Yeah. And over the course of the conversation, what I really like about uh, podcasts is I, um, 
I, I, I wish that if people, as if, as if people were sitting right here in this chair, but they weren't speaking. They were mm-hmm. as a part of our conversation, enjoying yeah. the, the chat yeah. between us. You're my second one today. Really? Yeah. Who else was here? I don't know. I went over to El Segundo and did. Um, oh. I did one with a guy by the name of Ido, San Francisco guy. Um, he does a brand called Yes to Carrots. Oh yeah. Yeah. Him. I don't know him, but I know. Yeah, yeah. Guys. And he's got he's got a one for one school supplies company called Yubi, oh. which is totally rad. They've helped some, like three million kids, and they've been open for less than a year. It's Whoa. bananas. He's thirty seven. He's. I haven't sh- done anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. Don't be disappointed. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. So you drove down from San Francisco yesterday, which is one of the great road trips in the world, apparently. Oh, it's just beautiful. What What's on the way down? Oh, I was being sarcastic. I took the five because it's quicker. Oh, that's and the it's, inland way? It's not pretty. Okay. Uh, but if, you, if I had taken the one-on-one, it would have been nice. Big Sur and all that, but no. Just interstate? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of... Uh, Cattle. Right. <laughs> That's a whole other. <laughs> Talk to Rich about that. About cattle? Yeah, well, he's he's down with the, the Cowspiracy guys, the guys that put that film out. Oh, yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting state of affairs. Um, but what I do love about America is that all the roads, the highways, they were engineered when the speed limit was 70 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And now it's 60 or 55. And so you've got these roads with these enormous cambers. Like if you ever get out on the side of the road on a corner, like the cambers may be like two or three feet from one side to the other. Oh. Yeah. So they're super easy to drive on. I just came down from Mammoth, which is halfway. Oh, yeah. From where you are. And it's, it's, it's like three turns from my house to <laughs> this place, which is 300 miles away. Uh, yeah, it's bonkers. So what, um, what brings you down to Los Angeles? Um, I am filming the third season of my show, Raw Vegan Not Gross, with Tastemade. It's a YouTube series. Which is a whole new world of broadcasting, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, And it's kind of funny that I even am doing it. I still am like, feel sort of weird about doing video. Really? Why? uh, Because I originally wanted to have a, I did have a small like raw food dessert business in Mm -hmm. San Francisco. And I was a little bit heartbroken when it didn't work. But basically, I, would, I wouldn't compromise as far as, like, the quality of the ingredients. So I was buying all these, like, super expensive ingredients, but I was embarrassed about how much it cost. So I would take them to the farmer's market and just, like, basically be giving stuff away. I would sell out and still not make any money. I was just killing myself working. So that somehow transferred into doing video. We'll get to that. <laughs> Actually, it reminds me, I've still got some uh, raw vegan Rocky Road that I made for Christmas whoa, Day in, whoa. My, in my freezer. Rocky Road? How do you do the marshmallows? Uh, I used fruit. Oh. So keep talking. I'll get it out of the freezer. <laughs> what, do you, what do I talk about? I'm going to serve it to you. <laughs> well, just tell me, did you grow up in San Francisco? Um, I, I grew up about an hour outside of San Francisco. North or left or in the mountains, in the desert? Northeast. Right. In the country. So I we I grew up on 20 acres and we had like, my dad and I had aviaries. So we had like 300 birds, which we raised. <laughs> it was like the nerdiest operation ever. 300 birds. birds. We had aviaries with birds that we like just raised and sold to other bird people. And What, as, as pets? Kind, 
Kind of. I don't really. Exotic honestly, tropical things that. Not all the time. We had like canaries. So sunrise around your place sounded amazing. It was pretty great, actually. And I, my job was like, like I took care of them. It wasn't, it, it, was, it was weird. A lot of guano. Yeah. Yes, that's right. We had goats and we had cows on our property. They weren't ours. Um, we, yeah, it was like, we were like three nerdy little girls growing up out in the country. You wanted three sisters? Yeah. Which one are you? Which number? Youngest. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm number two of four. Oh. Yeah, yeah right. So you were on the, it sounds like you grew up on the, I guess what people imagine when they think of farm. Something close Maybe, to Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. My dad had like this huge garden, um, greenhouse, orchard, Whoa. all that stuff. They were kind of hippies, which is funny because they're like really Catholic and conservative. And but <laughs> you could be Catholic and conservative and still live off the I land. I know, but my mom was like giving us um, carob when we were little and and all this stuff. And not and chocolate. I think we had chocolate too, but yeah. um, anyway. So it was food. a funny little existence. So. <laughs> Do you remember going to friends' houses for birthdays and stuff and eating their food going, this tastes weird? Oh, I loved it. I would, like, I would like get in trouble when I went to my friends' houses because I would eat all their sugared cereals. Like, their moms would be like, Laura can't have any more of that. <laughs> tell, Laura, tell Laura cereal is only for morning time because I was just, like, loved getting that sugar. Kids, you know. We're talking, like, or all people. Kellogg's just dipped in sugar. Frosted flakes, like uh-huh. 300 grams of sugar per yeah. serving. Because my mom wouldn't let us buy a cereal that had sugar higher up on the ingredient list than fourth. That was her rule. Isn't that funny? And where did they get this, I guess, you know, awareness of what goes into their kids? I don't know. I don't know. It, it's kind of like hippie stuff for, for then. Um, but anyway. That was, I remember like trolling the aisles, the cereal aisles with my sisters. We were just like trying to find a sugared cereal that they messed up or something and they put sugar as a high, as a lower ingredient. So you were reading the labels back then? Reading the labels, yeah. I never really thought about that, yeah. That'll make a kid crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, tell me about it. Really explains a lot, actually. So did you, if you want to get that share lower, there's levers on on one side of it, on the right-hand side of it. Hi. There you go. How's that? Great. Is that better? So much better. All right. <laughs> I used to have that chair over there, but then I got a stand-up desk because my oh, hip is so busted. good for you. Yeah. I, when I sit for too long, my hip gets weird. Um, yeah. So did you folks cook a lot? My mom cooked, yeah, a lot. And were you always a part of that? What was the meal prep time? No, not, no? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember being part of it. I remember I just really loved, like, my dad had grown a tree for each of us, like the three of us girls. Like my sister, he's a real softy. He has three daughters. But um, he had like, my sister had a pear one and my other sister had like a clementine tree and mine was pomegranate. And I just like would sit out underneath this tree and like just go crazy on pomegranates. Just like come in covered in pomegranate juice. I was like really obsessed with picking stuff and eating it. I remember that. Fresh off the tree. Yeah. yeah. It Not felt many... like magic. Yeah, it is. It sounds like real hippie. No, 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 it does. My little, <laughs> my youngest brother, he's he's into this movement uh, called Food is Free. Mm-hmm. Just the idea that, yeah, food is free. It's carbon dioxide and sunlight and water. 
mm-hmm. re-engineered by nature into. Does he do a lot of foraging? Carbohydrate. No, he grows stuff. Oh, I see. He grows stuff in his house and he gives seeds to friends who need seeds and they give him seeds who need seeds and he gives his neighbour seeds, she gives him seeds. They're all about that. That's so cool. Yeah. And this idea that, I mean, there's very few kids I think now who live certainly in suburban uh, westernised worlds that can remember a time where they walked up to a tree, pulled something off of it and put it in their face. Right. Yeah, it was so detached from where the food comes from. Yeah, it like does cause a shift in your brain somehow, even if it's not like you don't remember it specifically. It does. It makes you really excited when you go to like a farmer's market, when you have like like for the show, we actually went to um, to Ojai to um, to get pixies. It was like a pixie farm. They're like little clementines almost. And uh yeah, it was just like, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, we were talking about the, <laughs> d- the disconnection between, you know, food and people who don't get a chance to eat food off the tree. Yep, no, I lost it. No, no, that's okay. That happens. <laughs> Trust me, that happens. It happens to me. I, I've, I, I, disorganized uh, brain, so. Dude, I have got such <laughs> gaping holes in my memory. I'm not, I don't drink anymore, but I used to. Uh, and I think I must have damaged my hippocampus, which is the thing that creates memories. Uh-huh. I um, I forgot my girlfriend's mum's name. Whoa! The other day, and this is a woman that I've I've stayed at their house with right. them, yeah. And I've had conversations in the kitchen with her for weeks, yeah, at a time. And I I, I said, look, I I've forgotten your mum's name. It just poof, just vanished. Whoa! Yeah. So there's I've done some there's some gaping holes going on in my skull. I like to think of it as like there's so many other things. Like, you know her name. I didn't. You do. Somewhere deep down you do. I don't know, mate. It was underneath. You had a lot lot on your plate. (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) There's a lot going on. Possibly. That's that's like the excuse that I make for for myself. So when you were a kid, though, how many other of your mates lived on, on farms? Zero. Oh. That was the. And when you're. When you turn like 13, 14, it's not ideal to be like out in the middle of nowhere, not able to drive um, with a bunch of birds, essentially. <laughs> Just like the house where there are a ton of animals. Um, but no, none of my, I had like normal, you know, suburbia friends, I guess. Did their eyes just go wide when they came to visit? Yeah, I mean, it was super fun. It was like, we could just go. There was a creek and a pond with ducks, and the ducks every day would waddle up to our house, and we'd throw corn to them. This sounds so idyllic. There was it wasn't a perfect <laughs> scene, but we would like throw corn to them, and then they would like waddle back down to the pond. It was adorable. It was really cute, actually. <laughs> now that I think about it. But at the time, you weren't you weren't vegan. Oh no, definitely not vegan. No, our neighbor, you know, raised cattle. He named a cow after me once, and then he ate it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but I was still so touched. Um, yeah, no, it was. I was definitely in, like, agriculture. We were surrounded by farms and stuff like that. Right. So it wasn't, that wasn't part of the whole thing. It wasn't part of the equation. Mm-hmm. And so in high school, were you the, you the weird one that lives on the farm, or 
were people generally okay with you? Oh no, I was. I mean, I did fine socially. I wasn't like a total okay. weirdo. <laughs> All right, I'm just checking. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> um, but no, I was. No, it was just like this quirky thing that people would come over and be like, "What?" But no, it was. So, at what point did you like? Because I know uh, my ex-wife, her. Um, her niece and nephew were just totally banned from all kinds of junk food. And sometimes when we would go out with them, we'd say, do you want anything? They'd say, I want a Coca-Cola. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we're like, okay, we'd just yeah. buy it for them. And they just hold this, this concoction of sugar and carbonation oh, and yeah. caffeine and just like drink it like it was nectar. Right. I, yeah, that was definitely me. I definitely like was pretty unhappy in high school and, was like self-medicating with sugar, essentially. <laughs> I would go again, I would go over to all my friends' houses and their parents would stock their pantries of normal, I guess, stuff. And I would just go crazy, like embarrassingly crazy. Like I'd hope that they wouldn't figure out that it was me that like ate the entire cookie box or whatever, box of cookies. Really like addicted to sugar. The way ever you know people talk about that now, but at the time, yeah, talking about sugar as much, right? Anyway, just really self medicating with it, right? And so, but what about when you moved out of home? Did you did you move out of home to go to university? I did, yeah. I moved to Colorado, and at that point, I just started becoming vegan, actually, because which everyone does when they go to college, I guess, uh-huh. but or if they're going to, that's the time. Uh, because my older sister, one of my older sisters was like very strict vegan, just like talked about it constantly. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They just, I just, I was going to, oh, I, know. I know one vegan joke. <laughs> I bet I know it too. <laughs> what? Is it the CrossFit one? How, I, I want to hear that one though. <laughs> how do you know, how do you know if somebody's vegan? They'll tell you. <laughs> Oh, I know all these. What's the crusty one? The one is, oh, God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to set it up right. Work backwards from the punchline. It's it's something about, (laughs) this this is how you ruin a joke, but it's basically like if someone does CrossFit and is vegan, what do they talk about first? Or something like that. That's, that's God, I should not be saying this. No, no, that's very very funny. No, 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 that's very funny, though. Cross, uh, CrossFit people will very quickly tell you they do CrossFit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, so will a lot of vegans. Yeah. Especially if they're new. To yeah. Because it's. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so that was what my sister was doing. It was like very. She talked about it a lot. From how old? She was probably. Let's see. I was eighteen, so she was maybe like twenty-one. And. Uh, so she went to college, became vegan. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. And then I did before I got to college. I think I might have already been a vegetarian. And then I read the book that like made her vegan and Which, it made me vegan. I don't remember what it was called. It was like, well, I think it was called Vegan. Uh-huh. There are probably like 70 books called Vegan. But, um, and so what was it for you? It was, uh, it was a combination of all of the things, really. It was like uh, obviously animal stuff, environmental stuff. And health stuff. And really, since I've been doing this whole vegan, and I'm not strictly vegan all the time. There are some exceptions where, given the circumstances, I'll just be like, okay, 
<laughs> but um, but it's interesting because it's not always the same. It's like the three of them put together that keep me vegan. Because sometimes I will uh, kind of like haven't read a story about the environment recently and that will kind of floats the back of my brain. But the animal rights thing is always at the front of my brain because I have a huge dog that's with me all the time and is bigger than most animals that you eat. <laughs> so it's like an insane thing. Anyway, the, the, really what I got out of this book is that there are like three reasons to be vegan. And if one of them, I don't know, it's like kept me that way for a while. I think I've got I've got three as well. Mine, what are your three? Mine always, and from the standpoint, it was always environmental first. Mm-hmm. It was always resources. Mm-hmm. The idea, I didn't do very well at maths in high school, but using three pounds of grain or three kilograms of grain to produce one kilogram of chicken makes no sense to me. Right. At all. And however many litres of water. Yeah. It, it, that whole idea is like, we could feed so many more people. Yeah. There's hungry people. And when I found out how much water was used in factory farming and how much food the humans could have eaten that goes into factory farming, that whole input versus output thing for me was like, this is ridiculous. And then I saw that movie Baraka and there's a scene of a, a factory chicken farm, mm-hmm. battery farm. And it's just this, it's one of those like Kayana Katsi and Kawakatsi um, films, but it's just like this long, slow pan yeah. down this endless aisle of, of chickens and I thought, I don't need to have anything that's lived like that inside my body. I don't need that energy in my body. So I stopped eating chicken and it kind of went from there. Was it overnight for you or was it a slow thing? Uh, you know, I don't remember. I didn't imagine it might have been. I, I don't remember. Yeah. Right. No recollection. So what's... Now, Colorado, just for folks who are outside of the state, a bunch of people listening outside America, Colorado is a now legal pot town, uh, pot state. Uh, That's right, yeah. Yeah, I was just, <laughs> I was just reading, in fact, they've netted six, $60 million in taxes off this year alone off the legalisation of marijuana. Wow. And they've probably not spent any of the $145 million they had in the budget to fight illegal marijuana. Mm-hmm. So... Economic incentive. <laughs> um, really makes a case. So I'm guessing uh, college in Colorado was uh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, you know, I, um, I, I was not good at college. I, um, <laughs> I, I mean, either I dropped out after six weeks. <laughs> did you? It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't academically. I did fine. I, I don't know. I, I. Um, I had played a ton of sports all throughout my childhood and into high school, like a lot, like always playing one or two sports at a time. And I didn't have that when I got to Colorado. And I think I just got super depressed because I wasn't being like active enough. And I also had terrible anxiety, which I hadn't figured out yet at that point in my life, Um, (laughs) which, yeah. Uh, So... But that, but that is where, like, I got into stuff just, like, how do I make myself feel better? There's got to be, like, concrete ways that I can make myself feel better. Um, I was already eating vegan, but that's when I got into raw stuff because I was, like, eating vegan stuff, but uh, junk food stuff kind of, just, like, a lot of processed stuff. 
Um, and I got into like endurance type things, um, did like a couple triathlons and stuff, but all of that was geared toward like making myself feel better. <laughs> did it work? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> yeah. I still had some more stuff to sort out, but, um, but it, it did help me a ton. Yeah. As it does for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Like. I, uh, I'm collecting the whole set of meds for my anxiety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm busy on, I'm a completist. I also want to make sure I get them all in. So I wouldn't want any of them to feel left out. Um, but my bicycle is very much a part, a big part of, yeah. of how I manage it. Also having people in your life, like I very quickly make friends with people who have anxiety, especially if they're open to talking about it or I'll like make them talk about it. Um, because I have found that that is like the best, uh, this is, it just helps so much to like say what is going on. Yeah. Doesn't it? Um, yeah, it's with my friends who I'm really close with, I'm able to say, sorry, my anxiety is kicking in right now. And they'll be like, okay. And then they, even when I've said it, it usually helps a little bit and they don't, aren't offended that I like haven't said anything for an hour, <laughs> you know, just like sitting in the corner, like I'm fine, you know. I'm um, I'm the same actually. <laughs> since I've I've since I've come out, so to speak. Um, Being anxious, you mean? Oh yeah, I'm just yeah. like having a having a mental illness. People are. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, people are super cool. I love talking about mental illnesses. Well, as do I, because one in five people have it. <laughs> yeah. So pretending they don't exist or pretending yeah. that people who, and I live and work and do my job and I'd like to think, well, yeah. uh, while, you know, working with a great team of people, I've, you know, got dudes that I go and see right? and we work and yeah. it's work. <laughs> it's yeah. not, it's not just, I don't sit on a couch. He doesn't tell me everything's going to be all right. Right. No, it's, it's, it's work. I got work to I do. I did a lot of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've got work I mean, to do. I, and I didn't realize when I first went to therapy, I was just like, I didn't know why I felt, I was like real bad at that point. And I didn't even know I had anxiety. I just knew I was super depressed. And it was interesting because it was like, uh, I was so anxious that my, I was shutting down. So I just came off as a depressed person. In my mind, I was like, I don't know what's wrong, but I'd rather not be alive. <laughs> and uh, it was, she was like, asked me some questions. And it was so obvious once I said it out loud that it was like, oh, yeah, I'm super anxious. I'm anxious all the time. <laughs> but I didn't know that. So my body was like, like sending all the hormone anxiety, you know, hormones and everything. And I was just so messed up. But once you know, you can deal with it. Yeah. Once you realize that it's just a thing. Yeah. It's happening to you. Like I have, I've got eczema on my hand at the moment just from stress. Uh, but it's, it's no different to that. It's just my body right. having a reaction. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's got to do with my thought processes. So mm-hmm. once you identify it, you go, ah, okay. So <laughs> it's like people, they say, look, you know, you can call me anytime. We're going to have a chat about it. I'm like, I appreciate that. However, you must understand that when I'm like that, the part of my brain that accepts rational explanations is not functioning. Oh, it's not rash. Like I, and that's like a good, that's like kind of one of my go-to things. If I like maybe get in an argument with somebody and afterwards, you know, like we talk about it, it's me being like, I know that I'm being irrational about this. It's like, there's a, this is all, this is anxiety. I'm being 
crazy. I don't say crazy because I think that word is kind of overused. But um, I save it for special occasions. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't think it should be put in the same category as mental illness because I think it like, unless I'm referring to myself. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know. Mental illnesses, it's definitely part genetic for me. And I know that one of my grandmothers like really suffered with it. And that was before there was all this help that you can get now. Um, So I try to be, I have like this thing in my mind that I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to figure it out and be okay. Because you didn't get the, you know, like you Mm. didn't get that. And that sucks because that was hard. Yeah. I had this, I had this doctor once who uh, looked after me about 12 years ago. And his his job was assessing uh, patients in the criminal justice system, mm-hmm. right? So like heavy duty, mm-hmm. all right. And they're in the middle of a trial, and he's up there and he's standing, and you know he's like this, you know, a client, la 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 la, he's got experiencing severe, blah 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 blah. And the judge called him in, into a, to the desk or into his chambers, and he said, "I get what you're saying, but is he nuts?" And I said, "Yeah, he's nuts." Mm. I said, okay, then. And they went back outside. <laughs> he said, all right, you go to the, the, the mental illness prison. You don't go to the oh. other prison. You know, like they were just happy to use that word. Yeah. Between, between them, just to describe as, yeah, the, the guy's well, nuts. Yeah, it's the guy's almost nuts. like. He, he's not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking, you're like, of using words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, that's like the quick version of being yeah. like, well, is this or that? Okay, that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fine. Yeah. Anyway. So that's the download on my anxiety. No, dude, we could, we could talk <laughs> Didn't about Didn't plan on going into all that. No, we could talk like about it all day. My favorite thing to talk about. Oh, sometimes, some days it's not my favorite thing to talk about. But <laughs> it's like I wake up in the morning sometimes and I have about four, sometimes five seconds before my brain starts to convince me the world's ending. Mm. I'm like, jeez, man. I'm like, <laughs> like, and some people just live like that. Let me get out of bed. Some people don't have the thing that, like, I try to think about what, you know, there's people that don't have anxiety. <laughs> What's that like? I know, right? Like, I feel like I would be so cool. <laughs> I would just be so cool. What's it like? I want to know. Super chill. Totally. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I think, but I think my anxiety has like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a positive. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> But here's the thing. I'm trying I've, to think I've, of a positive. I've said thing. this on the show before, in that <laughs> my one of my doctor in Sydney, he looks after a lot of athletes, and he. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before. He said, "Look, if you think that uh, a weightlifter who trains for eight years of their life, repeating exactly the same series of motions thousands upon thousands of times for one ten-second-long event, doesn't have some obsessive tendencies?" <laughs> yeah. Like they've got to. You've got to have it to be yeah. that kind of athlete. So there are right. parts of, of what I have in my head that gives me some sort of a superpower when I get to channel it into creative directions. Right. But when it turns in on itself, it's like a Death Star laser in front of a mirror. Yeah, it sure is. It's terrible. <laughs> it's debilitating. It's So what, how did, when you started experimenting with food, to, to change that? What paths did you, did, was there much literature around? Could you find stuff? Um, there definitely was not as much as there is now. I don't think YouTube, I don't think there were like cooking shows on YouTube at that point, you know? Um, but 
I don't, I, I think that I just read this one book and was like, okay, I can do this. Um, and then just started, I don't remember ever like getting cookbooks or I knew enough about making food from my like upbringing and my mom made us dinner every night. So I think I like knew enough. Um, and then I ended up getting a raw food cookbook that just like kind of, that's what got me into raw food and took me over the edge. And I became a little bit obsessed with that. Um, because again, I was going back to the produce stuff, like that I really liked as a little kid. So the stuff that was growing in the yard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like really basic and bright and beautiful. I liked all that. And but colorful. I do love the color. Yeah. Love it. Colorful plates are good plates. Mm-hmm. You described the raw vegan community as uh <laughs> culty, judgy, sickly. Oh, no, not the whole community. Humorless. Well, parts of it. <laughs> parts of it. And that is true. How's, it, how's that manifest? <laughs> um, because, I, I, and I don't think many people realize this, but as much as people who can't understand vegans have words to say about vegans, other vegans, like some vegans would be aghast that I shoot film, which is made out of cows. Or that I wear leather shoes when I go to a, oh, a fancy do. Right. Some figures would be like, yeah, mate, you know. Right. So the judging within the community is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For one. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I'm referring to. I went to this because um, I was so excited when I got into raw food. But I, I also didn't have anybody. I don't think any of my friends were even vegetarian. Like I was just into it and I would have these dinner parties. That's what I first started doing. And people would, all my friends would like freak out about the food and how amazing and it was. And not just like to be nice. Not My friends aren't like <laughs> some of them, but they would like tell me and they really loved it. Um, so when I, I, and I tried to go to do this apprenticeship program, um, which was, I don't want to completely be like talking trash about it, but it just really wasn't for me. It was like, it did. It felt culty. And it felt like you, it felt like you, people were being shamed for not being like clean enough when they got there. Like, oh, you're detoxing. Like, and that really irritated me because it was like, well, what's, what, where's the point of entry here? Like where, where, how, where is there accessibility for people who want to get a little bit into it? And then probably we'll get more into it because they'll feel better and stuff like that. And that, I think it was actually like this huge godsend for me that I went there, even though at the time I was so bummed because I've been so excited about raw food. And I went and I was like, this isn't it. This is not, I don't, it's just not my people. Um, And I was like, I made this huge mistake. I like literally got in my truck and it, it was, it was like, I don't want to say where it is. <laughs> it was like pretty far from where I lived at the time. I got in my truck and just like ate grilled cheeses the whole ride home. It was just like middle fingers to the air. Like, <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm out, and I hate raw food. Um, it just, like, they were all perfectly nice, but it was not my people. Yeah. Um, so, but then I ended up getting back into raw stuff again because I couldn't stay away. But it just, like, really tempered my enthusiasm for raw food. It does seem to be sometimes a badge that people want to wear, as you mentioned early on. But for me, it's always been such a personal choice. And I've found a lot of pushback, actually, when, you know, I I never, I don't preach to anybody about it. Right. I try not to. Um, It's just like, well, this is, this is how I eat. This is the things I do when I'm eating this way, fairly okay. Um, I'm happy to talk about it, but I'm not going to sit there and say, you're eating face. Right. I think that's not fair. I, I just like, I also think that you can have a much bigger influence on people if you just like all are out to go get food and you happen to get this certain thing and they see you getting that certain thing and you look super healthy and oh, maybe like, you know, like you don't have to talk about it. Mm. You can just do it. I hate talking. It's funny that I'm in food because I sort of hate talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> like I, uh, I, that's not true, but I just like don't, I like almost squirm when people, and think this is like all related, but I almost like squirm when people ask me about like, oh, you're vegan? Um, and a lot of my friends don't actually even know. <laughs> Now they do because, like, the show is going and stuff like that. But I just really don't don't talk about it. Although I would bring, like, one of my office – I've had a lot, of, a lot of different jobs. One of my office jobs, I would bring, like, a bowl of – giant bowl of watermelon for – and I'm not, like, one of those people that only eats fruit because I know there are a lot of people that like to do that. I'm not that, but I was just, like, I'd get obsessed with produce, and it was summer. <laughs> So I would come in with like a giant thing of watermelon and everyone made fun of me. But like, I don't know. It's sort of funny. And also people are like, oh, yeah, maybe I should get some watermelon. <laughs> so when you when you made these dinner parties, did you turn anyone? Do you think? Um, did, I don't think so. <laughs> or did you help people change course to perhaps eating a little cleaner? Ma- yeah, maybe. I have no idea, actually. No one has ever said like, you made me think. Actually, that's not true. Now with the show, people say that all the time, which is crazy. But uh, no, but it did like, I just feel like the exposure is good. My mom's a teacher and she always says that. <laughs> I'm, I'm my mother. As far as like kids learning, she's like, it's just good exposure. It's like fires things in the brain. And that sounds really condescending. But <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I just mean all. it's like, it's good. Yeah. It puts it out there. Yeah. And also I think it's good that I am not a like wafy, like sickly looking or even 
somebody that talks about food. I don't know. I feel like it's good when it's coming from someone who is not obsessed with it. Does that make sense? Well, you can, you can have it as a central part of your life and not be an obsession about it. Yeah. And yeah, I, so I had a job in Australia where I did the Australian version of Idol. I was one of the hosts on Idol, mm-hmm. right? And people would, as a result, come up and say hello to me in the street because I was the guy on telly. And they knew that I was vegan. And the amount of times people would come up to me and go, yeah, I tried being vegan. Then my hair started falling out or one of my kidneys stopped really? working. Yes, because they did it wrong. Because they didn't eat correct amino acid chains. Yeah. They didn't look after what they ate. They just ate salad. Of course your hair is going to fall out because yeah. your body's got no protein coming into it. Right. You know, they weren't, they, they weren't, like one dietitian that I went to once, she told me that when you're vegan, uh, when you're an omnivore, you can rely on the world to feed you. When you're a vegan, you have to rely on yourself to feed yourself uh-huh. and you have to plan ahead. And you have to, I have, I have to make sure that I eat everything every day. Yeah. And it's not that hard. Well, it's interesting because it's not like people who aren't vegan are probably getting everything they need either. You're just only asked about it when you're vegan. Like if you're a meat eater, no one asks you if you eat enough protein. Like who knows if you're, it's just like putting the, once people know that, they're like, oh, Mm. I'm going to size up your whole. (laughs) Well, there's plenty of people, the North American meat, cheese, beer, coffee, and and bread diet. Yeah, uh, I guess there's enough protein in there. But that can leave you totally malnourished if you don't have. Right, exactly. That's what I mean. It's like you're not getting a lot of stuff there too, but nobody asks you about it. No. So, again, that's where I go back to like I hate people. (laughs) I don't hate it, but I just like, it's just like so loaded. People get... I don't love how, I don't know, there's a lot of emotion with food well, yeah. in a lot of different ways. I, I believe it was George Bernard Shaw who said there is no love more sincere than the love of food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's almost like, uh, and if, if when people are subscribing to some sort of a, diet like paleo or vegan or whatever can almost become this like dogmatic, this religious thing, which I have found to be the worst version (laughs) just because it's, it's so deep. And I don't think that's helpful. (laughs) You did mention that you had a, uh, a dessert company. It was uh, called Side Saddle Kitchen. Yeah. You created raw vegan desserts, which is where raw vegan not gross come from. That was your, the banner above your farmer's market store. So I do my homework (laughs) on my first shot of the rodeo. (laughs) So I do love a farmer's market, but I've never been a person that goes to a farmer's market. I get the, is is it like a carny vibe about the people that go to these things? At farmer's markets? Yeah. Like the people that have the stalls. Uh, like, is that they travel in a pack? Oh, God. And they no. get their weird trucks from Arizona. <laughs> um, it wasn't that kind of vibe. No. It was, uh, so w- the, actually. Do you need more tea? Sure. I'm more tea. And I'll rant while you're. Yeah. Uh, it was, so it was part of the underground market, which it wasn't a traditional farmer's market. It was, um, it was actually for, it was like an incubator for little food businesses because especially in California, I think, I think it's more so in California than some other states maybe, but um, it costs a lot of money to start a business, a yeah. food business, excuse me. So like it was, I think it costs $10,000 
minimum with all the uh, permits and stuff. So anyway, this was an incubator where they had set it up so it was a private event, technically. And, but it was still a farmer's market. And it was all, it was, I think it was all prepared food. So you were just going, it was like, it was like going to what it, there weren't really as many food trucks, I don't think then, but um, it's just like going to a place where there are a billion food trucks. And I had, yeah, I was doing, I had my raw desserts, which I was making at home, but I was making like by the end, I did it every month for about a year and a half. It was only a monthly and I, it would take me the whole week beforehand. I would make like 600 uh, of something, which for raw food, raw food's a lot of work. If you're making like, it can be really simple, but it can also be very labor and time intensive. And I was just like busting my ass, just working so hard. And then like I said earlier, like without charging enough, because I, I would like, People, people would come and I would be like, they would say something that's really good. I'd be like, oh my God, it's so easy to make. All you have to do is this. What's your email? I'll send you the recipe. Like just stupid. I was just like the worst possible businesswoman um, because I was just like ex- excited about it. Like I shouldn't have had a business. And I was like devastated when I realized that I couldn't make money doing it because I felt like a huge failure. And it was like kind of my first ever creative endeavor and just didn't work. Um, but it was also really good. It like forced me to kind of, it was my first thing, like putting my entrepreneurial, I guess, thing of like putting myself out there. Um, and through that, there was a video made of like vendor profiles of me talking about my business, which ended up leaning into some other video stuff. Um, which is, I do now. Is that how the YouTube page yeah. just started? Yeah. Um, Eric Slatkin, who was the, he made the video, um, started working down here at Tastemade, this company. It's like YouTube videos, food videos. Um, and somehow they wanted me to come down. I'm sure he had a hand in it. But, um, and then it turned into like, well, we'll try to see this. If this works, I was terrified. Because I'm like very, I wanted a business where I was in the kitchen, head down, work. Like that's what I was raised on. My dad, my dad worked, both of my parents worked super hard. Like you weren't supposed to be a show off, you know? So like, I'm still sort of embarrassed that I do videos. (laughs) But now I'm trying to own it a little more. But anyway, I originally wanted to be like head down in the kitchen working like that. And it has not turned out like that. (laughs) <laughs> and so, so. The, what was what was the first shoot? Do you remember? I think it was two years ago. Um, it was terrifying. I like definitely had like a shot of whiskey at 9 a.m. or something. <laughs> like just, and it did not help. It, it just like. It never helps. So- people, are, people think <laughs> that to calm their nerves, particularly for television or performance, that booze helps. All it does is make you bad at talking or playing your guitar <laughs> or typing or whatever. Yeah. Um, Reducing your fine motor skills and ability to pronounce S's and R's <laughs> or B's. It didn't. I mean, it was not, it was not enough to even like, uh, it didn't help. Yes, you're right. It did not help. Um, but now you do stuff without a crew. You do stuff just by yourself. Not, well, I'm supposed to be doing video. I have like my own channel, but I very rarely put stuff up because I have so much other stuff going on and it's hard to 
But anyway, I'm doing stuff with Taste Made. Uh, I'm doing, we're doing like a whole new series and now we're cooking stuff. It's not all going to be raw. And also I'm doing my cookbook. There's just a lot going on. So I don't really make a lot of videos. How much, so how much prep goes into putting the Taste Made stuff together? Cause this is the raw vegan, not gross channel on Taste Made. Uh, yeah, well, it's actually content on the Taste Made channel. They like host different channels, but it's the Taste Made channel. Uh-huh. Um, a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, I have been like working on it all the pre-production for the last uh, couple weeks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we are shooting it all end of this week and next week. So it's a, it's a lot of, you know, videos. I mean, you know, <laughs> video is a whole thing. It's a whole thing, <laughs> especially cooking video. Yes. Because you can't mess around with continuity at all. Right. And there's so many details and I am, I have a very disorganized brain. And I've realized this through all of this stuff. And I, you know, it's really interesting how your flaws are all pointed out real quick when you start doing video stuff or just like the pre-production stuff. Even Well, honestly, I think you do a fantastic job. Thank you. I really do. Um, Your your demeanor on camera is is very refreshing and very approachable, I think. And it's unlike any other cooking thing that I see. Awesome. Yeah, it's very relatable. I think that's really important because a lot of the time cooking stuff can be either completely inaccessible or somewhat snooty. Yes. So that's I I can't use knives like those guys on YouTube. Oh yeah. I like cut myself on the show. I don't know if you <laughs> saw that one, but like we did a live thing, which I was so nervous about. I was shaking. We did this like live finale for the first season, and I it was amazing. I <laughs> I literally like was making this juice. I was so nervous. My hand was shaking and I cut myself badly, like badly. And I was supposed to be using this cheesecloth, which is white. And it just like covered in blood. Just, and I just keep talking like, okay, well. And then it just like turned into this thing where I couldn't keep doing the recipe because I was just bleeding all over. Just like, (laughs) Yeah. Who hasn't cut themselves in the kitchen, though? No, Come like, on. yeah, but live. People cut and themselves in the kitchen. And we just kept going. It was a half hour. <laughs> Sorry, this is unimpressive. You've done, like, all this video stuff. You're no, like... no, no. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's, you just got to keep going. Make it a part of the oh, show. I, I, Make it a part did. of the content. We did. It's, it's Now it's like the big joke in the comments. Like, Laura didn't cut herself in this one. Great. <laughs> speaking of the co- speaking of comments, oh, what's your yeah. thoughts on YouTube comments? Oh, there. Um, I did a lot of growing. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of. Uh, I got really depressed. Like once the video started going up, about a month in, I couldn't figure out why I got super depressed. And then I realized it probably had something to do with the fact that like. I was reading the comment, which, which I was supposed to be doing because I was supposed to be like interacting. I didn't know anything about YouTube really, but they taste me and was like, you should answer questions and people have questions. But then you also see <laughs> people like people love to talk about how I sound like a man and which I am like, so not self-conscious about my voice because my mom has a low voice and my sisters both do too. So it's just like never even crossed my mind. Um, just like that I wasn't skinny enough to be a raw chef, that I just things that like, you know, no, 
lady likes to hear about anybody commenting on her weight. I don't think in either direction. Just like stuff that I really had to be like, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. Like it was, it was, it was a tough little bit for me. (laughs) And then being like, I'm just going to keep on trying to be natural, like myself, because what else do I do? It's hard. But the thing is, you you are relating the thing about internet commenters. <laughs> Let me tell you this, Miller. I bet you've had a few. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Some of them justified. That's uh, the thing. Sometimes they were things like, I was like, point. you're right. I am like, this recipe kind of sucks. <laughs> like, I would kind of phoned it in because I, I didn't know what I was doing. So, but, but anyway. The back. idea that you can, like. I guess I'm come up because I'm old and I remember a time where you just, I didn't yet have the split of the things that I would say to someone's face versus the things that I would say anonymously. Mm. And, but there's an entire generation of people who have this dichotomy of there's things that I can say to someone's face and then things I can say as Fedora Man 555. Fedora Man. <laughs> that is the best username you could have used. Totally. <laughs> um, that. I don't know what, you know, what gets off about people and particularly, particularly uh, females, any woman. Oh, really? Oh, my God. What? There's even a law for it. How can you tell? that? There's, there's, hang on. There's even a law. For, I think it's Ellis's law. I can't remember the name of it, but I, I really wish I could. But it's uh, much like um, uh, Moore's law, which is the speed of processes doubles every two years while the cost of a processor halves. All right, so that's Moore's law. Okay. And Murphy's law is that whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Uh-huh. I think it's Ellis's law. I have to look it up. Uh, is that any article written on the internet about feminism is completely justified by the comments below it. Is <laughs> completely ju- Okay. Any, I don't understand. Any article. Yeah, about About feminism. feminism. Uh-huh is by its very nature completely justified yeah. by the comments that will appear below it. What if it's like anti-feminist? What do you mean? Well, and that, that, that men will go, who's this woman telling me blah, 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 blah. Oh, so like it works in either direction? It, exactly. I see. Like, and, and, and like there's another mate of mine, Alicia, she does a movie show. She's beautiful, redhead. She's very, very smart, knows more about movies than 99% of people ever. Mm-hmm. And the, the things that people write about her, it's just fucking horrible. Oh, yeah. Like internet trolls are dicks, man. Yeah, it's really like I haven't dealt with it in a while, so I guess oh, I, good, it's, it's way easier because I haven't put anything out. Yeah, right. So it's way easier at this point to be like, no, I'm so over it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm sure it'll, I just it'll like, be a whole new route of like, and people can really get you in places where you are sensitive and you're like, Oh, yeah, there's the, you know, like people can really come at you in every direction. And it can also say things in ways that trigger you mm. that they don't even mean. Yeah. Like the, some people are just like really socially inept. And when you're putting it, uh, <laughs> no, really. And when you're putting it, like, you know how some people, it's like how old people can't text well. Yeah. Because like everything they say sounds super harsh because they like, don't have they're not part of like our we have been doing it for so long and we know how to make something sound a little more casual or nicer or we just know all the nuances whereas old people are like 
call me back and you think it's really something terrible. And they're like, no, I just wanted to say hi. Or I don't know. Call me full stop. Call me full stop. That's my dad. Does it? You know what? Best thing ever. I got my dad to use emojis and it's completely changed our relationship. <laughs> he, he now, he used to write, call me stop. Now it's call me like blushed, smiley emoji. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. I'll, I'll call you right now. <laughs> I live I live far away from my parents. Whenever I get that message, I'm like, right. Something's what, really something wrong. Went wrong. What did I do? Oh I, God. I think something health, something health wise. I think, you know, my oh, folks are older. Oh, okay. oh, that's the first thing I think of. And I still think like, am I in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a 16 year old when my parents. Uh, so I guess, you know, the only thing that I do now as far as internet commenters go is uh, I, I like to think, I have to because otherwise I'll just die of resentment and bowel cancer um, <laughs> from holding their energy yeah. within me because it's awful is that you take that energy on. Yeah. I just have to. The same thing I do with people who uh, perhaps um, can't drive very well. I just think I'll bet they're really good at other stuff. Oh, yeah. So if someone's being a complete fuckwit to me online, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'll bet that person, even though they're being really mean to a complete stranger, I bet they really love their kid. Oh, I bet right. they make a really great bowl of porridge or they, you know, that someone, they made someone's day There's to day. something good. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. I have to. Otherwise, I will get cancer. Yeah. And they will go about their day. They'll be fine. They just their got their aggression out. Yeah. Wearing, their fedora. wearing their fedora. I think it's also really important to have um, like a strategy for when one really gets you. Yeah. And mine is a son. I just have like. I have a good solid amount of friends who are not just not internet people, you know, and who I've known for a long time and who are usually hilarious. Um, and it's like the perfect, like I can call if one really gets to me. I can like call them or be hang or essentially what I try to do is hang out with those people because it just takes it like that shit is all so stupid. <laughs> like it's the internet. I don't know. Like, <laughs> My friends are like, I have a friend that's a uh, human rights lawyer and all these things that are like real things, whereas I'm doing stupid like recipes. Like why? What? No. I disagree. There's nothing <laughs> stupid about recipes. Well, oh. I mean, but it's perspective. So we should talk about the froobs. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Could you explain what yeah. a fruit is? Fruit, it's, it's like uh, old man joke, essentially. But I, uh, for my Instagram, I do weird stuff with fruits and vegetables. I make hats and jewelry and oftentimes will hold two things up to the boob area, which are usually fruit. And I blend fruit and boobs and then it's fruits. Are you sure you're not a twelve-year-old boy? <laughs> it's it's like it's more like a dad joke. It I feel is. like. <laughs> really? Oh my god! I'm a real fan of you've dad jokes. To, you've got to see um, the Instagram dad fashion or fashion dad. It's uh, like taking photos of dads in like cargo shorts, as if they were fashion bloggers. Oh my god! It's out of control. <laughs> like it's like dads wearing you know like their Key Largo t-shirt oh. and a pair of denim hot pants. Oh yeah, and it's got like. You know what I really love to do when I'm blending is like, you know, for a hot day out barbecuing, I really enjoy this Key Lago shirt. Really? Uh, and hot shorts. You can wear them anywhere. <laughs> like, as if they're a fashion blogger. And then with like 100 hashtags is fantastic. Is it an Instagram or yeah, is it? It's a, Instagram. Oh, okay. 
I see Instagram. So I'm, I'm going to be looking that up all night. So it started, I believe, I think the first part was just you in an orchard holding two oranges. Yes. Up. You, you tucked two oranges inside. I just figured out that that was the first one like recently because someone asked me and I was like, went back. Yeah, that was the first one. Uh, and then like it started to be really funny because that's what like people, I live in San Francisco and people would like come up to me and like, you're the Froops girl. <laughs> I was like, this is, this isn't. My mother would be so proud. Like, I'm. <laughs> this is what you recognize me for. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's but the production stupid. value has gotten pretty high lately. <laughs> well, I I have had um, a couple photographers ask to do, uh, or uh, I've done one with just like a friend of mine, Molly DeCoudreau, and then um, there's been a couple other people who we've done like actual shoots, which is super fun because they're like actually good photographers because I take all the photos myself with a timer otherwise which is hilarious because it's like my dog staring at me being an idiot like putting melons on my boob area (laughs) just like (laughs) really really got a die alone vibe but (laughs) you won't die alone you'll be you'll die surrounded by many cats it'll be fine yeah or dog, probably dogs. Probably dogs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you'll be fine. Lots of dogs. <laughs> but this is a thing that somehow has just kind of exploded as far as. It's not that big. I mean, get out. I'm not like. It's how I first came to know you. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Our mutual friend Allison said, check this girl out. Oh. You should get her on your show. How funny. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's funny. I. It's like really like now other people will do it and tag me in it, which I think is the coolest thing ever. This is like so I think it's I am so into the fact that other people want to like think it's funny because it's like I have like four friends that think that a lot of dad jokes are funny. So I just, you know, like whatever gets people in, whatever gets. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What's your what? So what is do you do you wish that? Everyone would eat plant-based. What's your what's your wish about people and food? I my stance is that I think it would be great if everybody was more plant-based as opposed to like there being 10 strict vegans in the world. So if that means that like it can be much more casual and just like a general movement towards that, like more casual, more accessible, all of that stuff. Um, that's kind of my angle. I don't know if that, I don't know if I'm articulating it very well. No, you are. Okay. <laughs> but as opposed to, like, I don't think it helps as much when there are a handful of people. And I know there's more than that. But like, <clears throat> in my mind, I imagine like 100 people over here who are just normal average American eaters and then like three over here who are eating vegan. Um, And I am definitely like just would be very pumped if those two groups started. Well, I don't know. I mean, vegans can be vegans, but if the the hundred strolled a little over. (laughs) Yeah. Just mosey. Just like, come Oh, I don't know. That's how it started for me. I just started eating one meat meal a week. I was unemployed. I couldn't yeah. afford meat. So right. I just ate meat once a week and I was like, I feel a lot better than I usually do. Yeah. I well, started. that's the thing is like once, you know, and this is, I'm talking about like a plant-based diet, not just like a junk food vegan diet, but once you start eating 
more plants, essentially, you feel better. And then you want to eat more of them, usually, um, if you're like paying attention to your body enough to notice that. Um, I don't know. And, and I'll, I, the other part is a big part of why I am so into food is the feeling better component for like, it, it can just like, it's so important, especially there's so many people who are depressed and anxious. And I'm not saying it's like the cure for that because I know it's not, but it helps a lot to, to not feel physically crappy help, can help a lot with. And for some people, I think it can help them a whole lot. Um, but I really didn't articulate that the way no, I wanted I disagree. to. But... <laughs> you sounded me, you made perfect sense to me. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry at all. Uh, so what is, what is, what is it for you to, to, to make food for someone? What is it to you to, to feed someone? Um, messy. <laughs> I'm very messy in the kitchen, but I love having dinners, big dinners at my house, which I'm usually completely unprepared for. I usually decide like at noon that I'm having 16 people over later, which is insane. Cause I like don't have that clean of a house either, but that's again, I like the casual, like, it's like, it's not a, um, it's not a show. It's just like, come over, let's hang out. We'll talk about it. We'll like very, ca- I'll make a bunch of food. You can talk to me while we're in the kitchen. People can help. I don't know. I just like the community bit about it. And I think it is like it, <clears throat> I think it is healthy in a variety of ways when you're eating food, like it's important not to be isolated. I work alone all the time, so I'm really cognizant of this. And I think it's important that we have community and really strong relationships and friendships. And that stuff is like what I live for. So I don't know, food and those two things are really aligned for me, which is part of why I think it's like hard for me to write recipes because I'm very like scatterbrained and a bunch of things going on. And it's so not in my head to be like a teaspoon of this. And it's really, it's been challenging writing this cookbook because <laughs> I'm like, I, I, it's interesting because I'm way better at re- doing recipes. If I just like all of a sudden have people coming over, I can make seven things. But if I'm sitting at home trying to think of something, I can't do it. It's fascinating. <laughs> really confusing brain, but. It's working for you. Don't worry. It's, it's, Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. Chugging along. What, what would you say to someone who's listening to this and perhaps thinking about eating less meat? Um, I would say I would frame it as don't think about it like that. Think about it like I'm going to start eating more plants. That, because I think when you put a lot of good stuff in, there's kind of not as much room for the bad stuff. And when you put a lot of good stuff in, you feel better. And then you're like, I don't know. I mean, I like to eat junk food too. It's not like, (laughs) I'm not like on a pedestal saying like, oh, eat only vegetables. But um, I really, it's really important to, I, if I eat badly for a couple of days, I'm, Terrible. I feel terrible. I'm grouchy. 
you know, I'm already anxious. So that's just like compounded by the fact that I'm, you know, so yeah, I think that would be my, just work other good stuff in. Have chia pudding for breakfast. I don't know. Do whatever you got to do. <laughs> How good's chia pudding? Chia Those pudding chia for breakfast. Seeds. Oh, man. Just so good for you. So it keeps the pipes clean. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many good things about it, like <laughs> the omegas and the calcium. There's just like, once you, and I'm not good at retaining information. I don't have a brain for that. It's sort of embarrassing. I, I studied Russian history in, in college, and I can't remember anything. Um, which I also think was anxiety related because my brain was like not working. Well, like cortisol. <laughs> yeah. Inhibits just blacked the, out. For inhibits <laughs> memory function. I know yeah. all about That's it. probably why I can't remember anything about anything. Yeah. Just always blacked out anxious. But, um, oh, what I was going to say is that I don't often remember like why everything is good for me. Like I remember like one, why carrots? Oh, you know, vitamin A. I don't even know if that's right. Um, I remember like little things that keep me excited about, like, I remember that chia seeds are do this, this, and this for me. And that makes me go back to continue eating them. That's like a little, like, I feel like I have a tool in them where I'm like, ah, I need this. You need to get your digestion going. You know, you got chia seeds on your side. That kind of, that like pumps me up. <laughs> makes me like excited to eat certain things. I don't know. No, I, I get it. I, I get it. I was just thinking about when you were a kid assaulting all those pomegranates, how few antioxidants you would have had in your body. Right. <laughs> Sorry, how few oxidants you would have had in your body. Oh, yeah. You would have just been. Like it was now that I know how expensive pomegranates are, like I didn't know that at the time. Just like the fact that I had access to all of those, it's like pretty incredible. Yeah. I think everyone should plant. Well, not everyone. People who are, live in the correct climate should plant pomegranate trees. They're just so awesome. It's interesting that, you know, just thinking about when I think about the great vegan meals I've had, mm -hmm. my tummy glows. It glows. What does that mean? Like it glows with joy. Oh. <laughs> like as 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 the nutrition as the nutrition is 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 passing over the walls of my gut as my body is absorbing the goodness. Oh. I almost get a rush, a high even. Huh. From the food that I've eaten when it's like an exquisitely well-balanced, well-prepared meal. Huh. You know, it's, I have it's, never had that happen. Really? Or maybe I just haven't noticed that my stomach was going. Well, I ate like shit for a long time. Uh -huh. I ate terribly. Like yeah. I, I, son of two immigrants and it was weird. It was meat, meat and meat and cheese and uh -huh. meat. So I ate really badly for a long, long time. And I used to be quite fat as well. Uh -huh. So I still remember what my gut felt like when I was trying to digest steak and fries right. and, and bread and cream and potato and beer. Right. All right. And then to swap that out for an incredible bowl of, you know, kale and, and quinoa and, and tahini with sauerkraut on top and just my stomach, I, I, I get a rush from the nutrition right. that's coming into my body. Yeah. Makes I also am really, what? Makes me want to eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also am really, really into two things right now, sea vegetables and fermented stuff, <clears throat> fermented vegetables I like can't even talk enough about it. I'm like really those things make me feel a lot better, especially <clears throat> and they're especially good for people who like like me who are kind of addicted to sugar because having a lot of fermented veggies, it almost like changes your palate to 
because a lot of people who really like sweets don't like fermented stuff. It's like it, it's like your your taste buds are lopsided almost. Um, but once you start eating fermented veggies, it like I don't know. You're, you just start to crave them, and you, then you're getting all like probiotics and just more nutritional value for just eating, you know, cabbage. Some, some would say that it's not actually a taste bud that's changing, but it's the microbes in your gut that are. Maybe, maybe that's what. Yeah, what that's. It is. I'm pretty because <clears throat> I kind of made that thing up about taste buds. Yeah. Although I know it's true, I just don't know. You might, the microbes, no, but the microbes. Taste once buds. you, the microbes in your gut start sending. You can actually change what appeals to you uh-huh. by, yeah, it works. Yeah. I'm really into both of those. Those, yeah. are, those are my new. I like to like, well, I don't like to. I just become obsessed with certain things for a while. All right, then. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of nervous now because I'm going to cut you some. Uh, just. Raw vegan, I would, um, raw vegan Rocky Road. So pumped. So I made it for Christmas Day, but then I froze it. So it should be all right. It's pretty tasty. I'm, I'm super pumped. There's uh oh man, it's gonna be really good. <laughs> Might still be a bit too cold. I was gonna try to bring something for you, but I uh, just came from driving down from San Francisco and taste made working all day, so right. I you, uh, apologize. Uh, my boyfriend lives in Silver Lake. Handy. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of, but we live in different cities. <laughs> you know. Which one do you want? Um, this one. Thank you. No worries. Might still be a little frozen. I, I love frozen chocolate. Oh, God. Oh, man. Mmm. It's, um, okay. What's in this? You're going to reverse engineer it? There is, is there coconut butter or oil? Uh, yes. And is it cocoa powder or cacao powder? Cacao! I never buy cacao powder. I know I should, but it's really expensive. <laughs> and it's cacao butter as well. Oh, I never use that. It's rad. That's interesting. There's really a couple things that I just haven't crossed over yet, mm. but I will. This is delicious. Short chocolatey. I also like pistachios for the nut choice. That's good. Solid, right? Mm-hmm. Good action. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I, I'm glad it defrosted enough that I could feed it to you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um. Oh. So I'm just eating chocolate for in the afternoon. I'm loving it. Perfect. Nothing wrong with that. All right. <laughs> well, that works. Oh, when's your um, when's your cookbook coming out? Mm, I think this fall. I should know that. So October. <laughs> I think so. I um, <clears throat> I'm. We're doing all the photography like in a month, so. Oh man! Good yeah, luck. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're. Uh, I'm really in the trenches right now. I'm not doing a lot of because we're also we're doing the show and, um, like I said, writing is really hard for me. I think it's really hard for a lot of people, but um, my brain is not perfectly suited <laughs> to it. So, um, I look forward to. 
adding it to my cookbook collection. Yeah, I'll give you one. I'll buy it because want I know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, when you finish eating that chocolate, um, are you happy? I mean, this was your first podcast. Do you feel okay? Yeah, it was actually a lot easier than I thought mm. it would be and well, delightful as well. And there was chocolate. <laughs> I think I said some dumb stuff. but All right, I'm going to eat some more chocolate. Okay. And then I'm going to take your photo. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay. Oh, that camera there. Okay. Fancy. Thank you. Thanks. So there it is. That's Laura Miller. You can find her on Instagram at I am Laura Miller. I M L A U R A M I L L E R. She is just ace, isn't she? And I love what she said there about it's not about eating less meat, it's about eating more veggies. And the more veggies you eat, the better you'll feel. And the better you feel, the more you'll want to eat veggies. And that's pretty much it. That's that's about that's the t-shirt right there. So I would encourage you to just explore that this week. It's pretty simple. Uh, also, go and check out her YouTube channel. She's funny. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. She's charming. She's lovely. Raw Vegan Not Gross is her show on the Taste Made channel on YouTube. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you for listening. I couldn't make this show if I didn't look every week and just see thousands of people that listen to it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Do subscribe to the show in iTunes or your favorite podcasting app, and it will arrive magically in your phone Sunday in the U.S., um, Monday in Europe and the rest of the world including Australia so until then um, I'm off to go and eat uh, some vegan pho with uh, my girlfriend and her daughter and uh, enjoy a Friday night and hopefully get to bed by night because that's my jam so thank you so much for being here until we speak next week sleep well and dream of beautiful things catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 